uh, note on this study about people's attitudes towards sexual relationships with robots. And I'm telling you, this is going to be a thing. Not for most of you, but for a segment of society. Um, 30% of Americans would consider that cheating. What percentage? 30%. And again, I think this has got to be skewed toward it's mostly something men are into as opposed to women having a sex robot. And uh, But so I, a, a third of women would consider that cheating if their husband was doing that or boyfriend. Is it with your knowledge or, or not? I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's an odd question. I have to do a lot of thinking about that. Although I would like to point out a couple of references were made to why men might want to turn off their sex robot at times. Well, how about if your sex robot comes home horny from the golf tournament with cigar on his breath? Perhaps then the ladies might want to hit the off switch. Hmm? There. Am I right, girls? Am I? I know I am. That's right. So on a completely different topic, I'd like to welcome uh, Jim Roop, Westwood One News, to the Armstrong and Getty Show and talk about a new bill in the Golden State that is aimed to restrict online retailers and protect the youngsters. Hello, Jim. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you. AB 2511 by Assemblymember Ed Chow is called the Parents Social Media Accountability and Child Protection Act. And it does two things. It seeks, anyway, to stop uh, uh, anybody, a child, a minor who shops online, stop their information from being scraped to use in promoting products uh, without consent. And number two, prevents kids from buying things online, anything, not just prohibited items, but buying things online without parental consent. So, How's a kid buying anything things. online anyway, unless you have a credit card? Do most kids have credit cards? Well, no, but there's the one of the men, um, Herculini is his last name. I think, I think his name is Ed Herculini. But his son is 14 years old and suffers from some um, uh, mental health issues. And he was able to use a gift card to buy throwing knives and a high-powered BB gun online on Amazon. Uh, and there's, I mean, there is a boilerplate sort of terms and conditions saying you ha- you cannot purchase this. Uh, if you're under 18. Right. But there's no mechanism to verify age or anything like that. How would you have a mechanism? How would you do that? That's the question. In this bill, there is no language in it that sets up any sort of way to to do this. Uh, And that's the problem, I think, with this. And even though it is passed out of committee and now will be on the assembly floor, they still don't have any mechanism by which this can happen. And there's several concerns by those, the Chamber of Commerce in California, by the Internet folks, who are saying, look, this puts too much responsibility on the websites, on Amazon and anybody else who might be selling things. Ah, uh, that's, the, okay, I just, just clicked in my head. That's what they're trying to do. Because that's what happened to Craigslist recently, uh, for instance, or back pages. So Craigslist no longer has personal ads because they changed the law that they're responsible if prostitution occurs. Exactly. How they do it is not the legislator's yeah. problem. Yeah. How they stop saying. people. Yeah. That's the, so the only thing they can do is eliminate the category. So this is going to force retailers to not sell BB guns online, I guess. Or, or yeah, a lot of things like that. But, you know, it's already against the law for a child to buy spray paint, uh, weapons of any kind, uh, tobacco products. Flamethrowers. Yeah, can't buy bazooka. Wolf hybrids. Yeah. So there's, Purebred wolves. There's already, there's already legal consequences for that. 
Um, but the issue is who's who's liable, who's responsible when that happens. Is the onus on the parents? Uh, is uh, is the child have any culpability in this? Is it all on the backs of the retailers because there is no mechanism to verify age? And you can't argue that fake IDs. You go into a brick and mortar store, and you can a kid can produce a fake ID and purchase yeah, whatever. They not want. if you're 12, you're not going to pull off being 18. I mean, right, the, uh, Jim? True, Jim. Have you heard anything about the likelihood this passes? It looks to me like it's going to, uh, huh? especially in the wake of. First of all, there's a lot of Democrats in the California legislature, and most who are opposing this are Republicans. They're, they're in the wake of the Cambridge Analytica and then Zuckerberg's testimony before Congress. Uh, everybody's trying to come up, or not everybody, I should say, but many people are concerned about uh, data protection and child protection online. So the the temperature is right to bake some kind of... Right of, uh, of of cake like this, and and so it's it's likely to pass. Sure, and the at two things that, that Congress nothing. is good at doing nothing or overreacting, this fits into the second category. That's exactly right, and and so I think it'll pass out of the assembly. What happens in the Senate, though, uh, might be a, a, a different issue depending upon okay. what uh, committees it gets. It has to go to on the other side of the house. Yeah. Jim Rupa Westwood won. Jim, thanks a million yep. for the report. Good to talk to you. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, sir. I was a very honest kid, but if I had been able to buy a BB gun with my birthday money online when I was, you know, I had one, but uh, I had it given to me. That was was a different age for some reason. Um, I might have done it. I'm trying to figure out, I mean, if it's... You're try- you can't scrape the kid's data. Well, how do you know it's a kid? The whole point of being a kid right. shopping online is you've yeah. you've concealed your identity. Sure. So would this apply only to kids who say, Hi, this is Jimmy. I'm on age 11. And I want to buy this gun. And you put in your birth date and social security number as a six-year-old. And a picture of yourself and the rest of it. I'm not, <laughs> I, I don't have the bill in front of me. My but kids have not memorized their social security numbers yet. Seems like a bit of a stretch. And if you use mom and dad's account, it's mom and dad's problem, right? right. Exactly. Hey, you got to lock your computer. There. Speaking of the, um, uh, the 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 BB gun or whatever, I'll keep this short. We're going to break on time, by God, which means I got what a minute and a half. I doubt it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't like my odds. Uh, I've been thinking a lot about this lately. The. The, the what's causing kids to feel the way they feel in modern America and whether it's something that's, um, you know, chemicals they're being exposed to or some of you think it's vaccinations or how much of it is the societal stuff, parenting decisions and all that. Mm-hmm. I've just been thinking about it a lot lately, you know, with the, with the parks that are overly safe. And we've, they've decided, studies have shown that bringing back more dangerous parks, it's good for them in terms of decision-making and, uh, and realizing their consequences for your actions and just all kinds of different things. And I, and I just, I just wonder, because my kids are more scared of the world and more timid than I was at their age. I noticed that. And I wonder if it's you know something that's in their bodies that I had no control over, or is it stuff that I've done and society's done, mm. or some of each. And, uh, and like the BB gun thing. I had a BB gun. All my friends had BB guns. Nobody died. Nobody lost an eye. It seems just crazy that my kids would have a BB gun. Mm-hmm. Why? Why? Why me who grew up with a BB gun? Why does it seem crazy that my eight-year-old would have a BB gun to me? What's changed with me? I don't know. 
there have been significant cultural changes in this country. I had a pocket knife when I was his age. Seems insane to give him a knife. (laughs) Right. But I had one, and all my friends had one. Right. And nobody got hurt. Maybe a minor cut here and there, but nobody, no major thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's got to be having an effect on them. Some of these things have to be decisions we're making in society. Yeah. Yeah. And they're huge. I think they're incredibly important, and I think they're completely underappreciated. Nobody ever wants to talk about culture, but Judy's parents were significantly older than mine. And her her dad was a little older than her mom, I think, but um, he was a depression kid and a WW2 vet. And, you know, my parents were the children of people who were of fighting age in WW2. Um, and, and so there are significantly different attitudes about all sorts of different things. And then, then you go from the people who fought World War II to the kids of those people who fought to the grand, to the great, great grandchildren now of people who are like in an actual existential struggle. And, you know, generations that have known now three generations of nothing but mostly peace and prosperity with the exception of military families. And it just, it really changes the, the, just the balance you seek in your life between the pleasant and the good and the edifying and, and like the, the toughness things. How, how important is being strong and tough and resilient to you when you raise your kid? The answer to that question is different than it was in 1961. God, I think about this stuff going back to when my kids were born. Eh, we're late. I told you. We're breaking late. See? I didn't. Sorry. I didn't grow up with the the little the lock things on every cabinet in the house when mm-hmm. I was a two year old. No, and everybody was fine, and yeah. all my friends were fine. But my kids I tried to stick it. my tongue in an outlet. <laughs> yeah, or those. Right. God, I don't. We didn't do that. That's one we just said no to. But um, we did all the other stuff. And what does that do to kids from a very early age? I don't know if it does anything. I don't know if a one year old crawling around is capable of of being impressed upon about how safe they ought to be. But all that stuff. Adds up to something, I yeah. think. Yeah. Well, Cars, listen, all car seats and seatbelts, those are a good idea, but it's it's different than what I had. Yeah. I think if you're going to generalize, you could say we have removed the consequences from unwise acts. Maybe it's just telling people, it's why I'm concerned about having metal detectors and, and guns and stuff at the school. You're telling kids that it's a very dangerous world. We need to check everybody that comes in here because the chance you get shot is pretty decent. Yeah. I, I don't wonder what that does to them. It's the same thing. Maybe car seats do that. Maybe the b- putting the locks on the cabinets do it. The world is very dangerous, and we have to protect you from it because danger's around every corner. Yeah. Maybe they get that into their system. I don't know this. I've just been thinking about it a lot. That and the flip side is don't play with an electrical outlet. Don't play with an electrical outlet. Then you play with it, and it hurts. You learn something. Well, everybody was fine before with most of this stuff. That's what I don't get. Yeah. Everybody was fine when slides were the way they were in swing sets and merry-go-rounds. Yeah. Well, it's difficult to argue against nannies because they're arguing in favor of child safety. So you have to argue, quote-unquote, against child safety right. to win the argument. Plus, there are products being sold. I was going to say, there's yeah, billions of dollars being made on the idea of safety. Maybe more on that at a different time. You had something good here. I don't remember what it was. I doubt it. <laughs> oh, yeah. A, uh, an article in the San Francisco Chironicle about homelessness and the uh, mayoral candidates. And it's unintentionally arguing the side I think they would be against. Okay. And also why humans are getting so much faster, but Kentucky Derby horses aren't. Lack What's of character. Going- <laughs>
<laughs> You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I solve North and South Korea. Why can't I solve us? Sorry, Donald. It's too late for that. I know you don't believe in climate change, but a storm's a coming, baby. I've never been so scared and so horny at the same time. And from New York, it's Saturday night. Stormy Daniels on Saturday Night Live, and really a low point for culture. <laughs> that was as something. Ugh. A storm's a coming. Woo! Oh, oh boy. Oh. Who wrote that line? The fact that the porn girl isn't very good at delivering it, I can forgive her for. She's a professional fornicator. Who? A storm's a coming. Oh my God, that made me less alive. <laughs> Erg. So, uh, I don't know if you've been following the the race for the mayor of San Francisco, but it's... Um, I have not. It is a spectacular... Uh, it's it's like a, a festival of virtue signaling that, uh, you know, virtually all the significant candidates are, you know, they could uh, join like three different encounter groups for, you know, minority or... Uh, you know, to sexual, uh, uh, you know, orientation or whatever is everybody's this, that, or the other thing. I mean, it's it's amazing, which is fine. If you're going to be a good mayor, I hope you you know are elected and do a great job. I don't care who it is, but it's amazing. There's not like I, I, a straight white person will never again hold any office in San Francisco. Um, that much is clear, but. Which many, people just would, by which many people would see as a huge mm-hmm. victory. Right, which means you define yourself by who you dislike. And uh, the Klan has a place for you. It, it, you know, depending on who you dislike. But anybody who defines themselves by the sort of people they don't like is a bad person, in my opinion. But anyway, so uh, in reference to the uh, the mayoral race, there's a piece in the San Francisco Chronicle but written by the uh, the excellent Kevin Fagan. Um, about, uh, you know, them kind of casting about and trying to come up with ideas for dealing with it. And, you know, it's it's fairly long, and it's pretty damned interesting and really good in the wake of our interview, which I can no longer see the information on my schedule, but we talked to uh, a gent from the WAPO earlier who covers the West Coast, and uh, Scott Wilson. And it was really good, really good balanced description of the challenges and the sort of people who are homeless. It was just really good journalism. Um and, and so is this by Kevin Fagan. I'm sorry. Uh, I'll get to the point. He opens with the st- story of one Oscar McKinney. He's seen seven mayors occupy City Hall since he started camping on San Francisco sidewalks more than three decades ago. Wow. 30 years of camping on the sidewalk. Seven different mayors. And he has an opinion about every one. Those opinions were summed up in a derisive snort the other day as he lounged outside his tent on 13th Street near Van Ness Avenue. A derisive snort. I'm guessing as a 30-year street person, he's got a, a number of different sorts of snorts. I'm sure his, his vocabulary of snorts is extensive sure. and derisive. Um, 
Not a single one of them ever had a good idea, except for Art Agnos when he started the winter shelters, McKinney snapped in between snorts. Everything is too expensive. Nobody really cares about what happens to us out here. That goes for those clowns running for office right now. God, and then he went on to say... Did, did, did anybody go any deeper conversations with this person who's been on the street for 30 years? Then he went on to say, doesn't matter to me who the next guy gets elected mayor does. I'm an American, and I've got a right to be here. If I could get a private landlord and rent a say $400, I might move inside. But until then, I don't care who's mayor. You're an American, and you have the right to live in San Francisco. In the most expensive city in America. Yes. What is the basis of that right? What are you talking about? You know how people, many people want to live in New York or San Francisco or places like that but can't afford it? Lots, sure. lots, millions. They at least want to live there for a while. Seattle, funky Portland, San Diego, please. Sure. Right. Here's the deal. If you want to live there, and you may find it unfortunate, but we've kind of lost it. gets back to our previous discussion. If something's unfortunate, then it's got to be changed. Not everybody gets the same thing, and I can't deal with that. It's got to be changed. If you want to live in those places, you have to be very clever and hardworking and earn a lot of money and make a lot of sacrifices, or you've got to be really, really lucky. Maybe you're born to wealth, that sort of thing. Or you've got to be willing to live very, very modestly. Those are your three choices. If you can't check any of those three boxes, you got to get your ass out. You can't live there. Did you ever notice all the traffic headed into San Francisco or other big cities in the morning and out at the end of the day? Those are all people who have jobs in those cities but have decided they can't afford to live there. And some of them might not want to live there, but a hell of a yep. lot of them would. They don't like commuting for an hour and a half each way. Do you know why I... What's this guy's name? Oscar McKinney. Oscar, I assume you're listening to the radio. Or perhaps podcast later on in the future. Oscar, do you want to know why I don't live in Malibu? Because I can't afford it. I thought you just decided not to. You just didn't realize it was such a cool place to be. After I decided, after I realized Barbara Streisand lives there, I said, I don't want to live there. The hell with it. So, I'm an American. I have the right to be here. No, maybe you may be an American, but you don't have the right to be there. Hmm. So, you know, what do you want me to do about it? Give you even more money? 30 years on the streets. And and then uh, Kevin Fagan does a really nice job of laying out the incredible challenges that exist and the various plans, etc. That's a decent, that's enough, that's why this is such a difficult thing to solve. How many people are mentally ill? How many people are drug addicted? How many people want to live like that? Then you've got the, why does anybody have a right to live in downtown San Diego? Another one of the most expensive places to live on Earth. Right. Starting with, you got to go somewhere else. Even if we gave you money, you should go somewhere else. Maybe it's that we've both moved a fair amount in our lives, but the idea that you have a right to live in a particular place just because you're born there or you're... Ours happens to be there. That doesn't make any sense. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Out of the blue, President Trump attacking John Kerry's shadow diplomacy and millennials turned off sex. Those stories coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. You will finally get to that story? Yes. Yes. The public must know. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Boo 
booze makers are making low alcohol drinks so millennials won't embarrass themselves. <laughs> I don't know if I. That's the headline. I don't know if that's true or not. But. Um, I think that'll just make them spend more money. You want it? Mm. Don't people generally drink till they're drunk if they're out to drink till they're drunk? I know I do, or did. Uh, let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, Trump is saying back off. The president accusing former Secretary of State John Kerry of meddling. Kerry has reportedly been working behind the scenes to try and salvage the Iran nuclear deal. Trump tweeting this morning that, quote, the United States does not need John Kerry's possibly illegal shadow diplomacy on the very badly negotiated Iran deal. Oh, that's the old uh, private individuals can't get involved, involved in private policy. Even if right. you're a former Secretary of State. Right. No. No, we can't have people conducting their own foreign policy. Hmm. Trump going Which on. was enacted in like the 1700s, right? Yeah. Or early 1800s where it took six months to get a letter to England. <laughs> so you might have a crackpot over there saying, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm the new ambassador. Yeah, yeah, we want to buy some tea. <laughs> <laughs> Trump going on to say, Kerry was the one that created this mess in the first place, exclamation point. Would that it were, would that it were. Meanwhile, you got Iranian President Hassan Rouhani saying his country has plans in place if Trump decides to pull out of the deal. In a speech on state TV, Rouhani said that orders have been given to confront America's plots against Iran and that America would regret leaving the deal. Ah, they're going to confront our plots. Damn. Damn. I was afraid they would. Meanwhile, you got some people living on a Hawaii's big island refusing to leave their homes despite warnings to go now as yet another fissure from the uh, Kilauea volcano opened up. A lot of I'm pe- just going to hunker down and ride out this lava storm. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of people in the uh, as the subdivision say they will not leave until the lava is virtually on their property and forces them out. You know, it is like the slowest moving natural disaster. Yes. Uh, until, you know, it explodes and all of a sudden you're... Here comes the lava, kids. We've got till tonight to get our stuff together and get out of here. Right. Can we finish watching this, Mom? Yeah, but right after that, we got to pack up our stuff. It is kind of a wacky, you know, yeah. natural disaster as the, natural disasters go. Thing about and it, beautiful, though, too. Yeah, thing about it, though, is if the roads getting out of your subdivision get uh, lavaed over, then mm. you are really in trouble. Turn up my plan! Yes. End up like a lobster in a pot. One eruption overnight sent lava fountains more than 200 feet into the okay, air. Okay, see, wow. that would make me yeah. nervous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get because you know it, it, it throws it up into the air. It's the coming down part that bothers <laughs> yes. me. Too. California is getting ready to give a big boost to solar power with the state's energy commission expected to approve new standards that will require nearly all new homes, condos, and apartment buildings to have solar panels starting in 2020. Really, all new construction. Wow. The, uh, stand- I'm a big uh, solar advocate, but I don't know that the government needs to mandate that. Standards that add about $30,000 to construction costs, but it's 30000 not- on average to oh, a house? $30,000. That means nothing to the average person. Oh, wait. No, that's a huge amount of money. But it is estimated the solar energy would save the homeowners about $60,000 over the expected 25-year life of that technology. Yeah, I'd, well, I'd like to see how they came up with those numbers. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's a better deal. I have house for 25 years. I have solar, but uh, my guess would be whoever put those numbers together um, shaded it toward the most optimistic uh, guesses on yeah. everything. Well, and and listen, uh, you know, I hate to go all econ on you, but if it's thirty grand up front. 
and then a 25-year payoff, 68 grand. I'm not taking that no, deal. No, that's not a good wager. No, no. If you know anything about the cost of money and right. investments and interest and the rest of it, that's that's not great. Turns out these days millennials are turned off sex. As a new new studies come out that finds millennials are waiting longer and longer to have sex with one in eight still virgins at 26 years old. Researchers at University College London think the uh, sharp rise in the number of young people waiting long to have sex may be the result of a fear of intimacy and the pressure of social media. Where well, ma- it's interesting that when that happens, which is something society has been trying to get to happen for a long time, now it's seen as a bad thing. It's clearly a flaw. <laughs> On social media, men and women have perfect bodies and overactive libidos, and the fear for a number of people is they'll be humiliated when they do meet up with someone. They can't live up to what they see on social media. Plus, they're afraid of getting exposed in uh, Facebook or on Facebook for any flaws or uh, deficiencies they oh, wow. might have. There's Plus, no downside. You know, there's the porn thing, too. Yeah, there's I no mean. downside to waiting, though. I'm, I'm all for this. That sounds like a good thing. You're still a virgin at 26. It's possible you're going to have some problems. Uh, what about all those movies guess. that are like, all right, all right, friends, we're sophomores. Tonight's the night where we're going to get laid. We're 15. <laughs> right. Let's go. <laughs> Calm down, everybody. I don't think you, you can watch. You, can, you can't make those movies anymore. It's a child molestation. And you think, look at, listen to oldies someday. Yeah. All the songs about she's 15 or 16 or <laughs> right. 17. Yeah, or the yeah. right. Ring, ring, ring the bell. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Meanwhile, the hottest fashion trend going down these days, some will say, $168 a pair thong jeans. Oh, boy. Speaking of uh, sex. The first batch already sold out. Models wearing the barely there jeans first hit the runway. I don't believe it. I don't believe anybody's wearing these in real life. Jack, they've sold out. Yes. The four pair they had? Very hot. Models hit the runway at Amazon's Fashion Week Tokyo and took the internet by yeah, storm. Whatever. L.A.-based Carmar Denim created an almost exact replica of the original thong jeans, dubbed the Extreme Cutout Jean. Okay, this isn't really happening. But I think the... <laughs> um, it was it did Amazon's Tokyo <laughs> yes. thing. Yeah. What's I, the matter with you? I think the uh, it's interesting, this move toward peekaboo yoga pants thing, that thing, which I see on every street corner every day, yeah. with the, the diamond-shaped cutouts all over the place. Oh, that's, yeah. that's, a, that's an interesting uh, development. Well, I wonder what's going on there. There's an article in the New York Times a while back based on that and just... Uh, yoga pants in general, and how that's been a real step backwards for women, and she couldn't understand why women are embracing this so much, this showing off our bodies to, to it's for men's pleasure, mostly, isn't it? Well, they're comfy. Well, yeah, but there are, you could wear something that's comfortable on the inside, but not so revealing on the outside. True. I, I'm of the belief that women dress up more for other women than, than men. You think they're wearing the yoga pants? Now, Saturday Night Live had that fake ad about, or that song about yoga pants a couple of weeks ago that was hilarious about how it's just a laziness thing. I can sleep in them, get up in them, wear them to the grocery store, lay around and watch TV. I can just leave them on all the time. <laughs> What's the problem? Meanwhile, getting back into the world of fashion, the extreme cutout jean features large statement cutouts on the front and the back, leaving the batacle area exposed with a, just a ribbon of material. 
like a thong, then wrapped around the waist and the front, strands of material wrap around the thighs, the knees, and down to the ankles. It's like they cut away all the jeans yeah. and just left the seams. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, yeah. it's the logical so. conclusion of the like the tattered holes in your jeans sort yeah. of thing. Like, yeah. if, if, like, yeah, like Take if all that left the were the seams. Extreme, yeah. Yeah, exactly. if you think you can pull off the look and want to jump on the waiting list, we do have this on Hot Links at armstrongandgetty.com. You can take a picture, you can see the girls' bottoms, they're wearing underpants, ironically. But reporting what is on the runways of fashion shows... This whole thing is dumb, I can't wait till it's over. (laughs) ...is similar to like looking at these car shows, and they look at these prototypes that are like 10 years away from actual consumer-style production. Like, these are uh, are the extreme, quirky things they play. There you go. I will will not lengthen this any longer. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. I do think it's interesting that after years of tr- of, of uh, programs of getting people to wait longer till they have sex, when they finally start doing it, we think something's wrong. <laughs> that, that's interesting. Um, I'd like to pull it all together and advocate mandatory solar-powered uh, uh, yoga pants for the homeless. <laughs> so people are getting faster and faster and faster. Kentucky Derby horses aren't. What's going on there? Like a character, my great-great-grand horse fought the Kaiser. Horses these days stand around in fields. You've seen them as you drive around, right? Look at them. Uh, Stay tuned to Petering Out next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. We don't have to. He's the president of the United States. We can assert the same privilege as other presidents have. There you go. Doesn't have to show up if subpoenaed Donald Trump. So that'll be quite the exciting thing if that happens. Ask 10 more lawyers, get 10 different answers. Oh, yeah. But uh, if he says no, then what happens? At some point, the Supreme Court decides. And then even then, if he wasn't answered, what would happen to him? Constitutional crisis. (laughs) It's just like Hitler. And you know what happens if you have a constitutional crisis? You have to dig up the founding fathers and try to reanimate them. That's right. You have no choice. Using all the technology we can muster. Oh, I wanted to come back with the Kentucky Derby sound. Of the, yeah. How the, yeah. That's what well, I what planned on heck? doing. What was come I doing? I've lost put, my somebody mind. Somebody put the crop to Jack. Do it! <laughs> put the crop to me. It's somewhere. The Kentucky Derby. No, Marshall had it earlier in the show. Anyway. And they're off! And here we come back! Stretch one horse is ahead of another horse. The brown horse appears to be the. Oh no, look out on the outside. Here comes another brown horse. And the brown horse wins. Yay! <laughs> oh, I was rooting for oh, that You one. wanted the final call. I thought you were talking about that call. Here's the no. final call. Justify a two length lead as they come to the final 16th. Good magic on the outside. A second audible third toward the inside. Then it's still regard. They're coming to the wire. He's just awesome. Justify has won the Kentucky Derby. Oh he's, my gosh. He's no secretariat. Well, nobody is Secretariat who holds the record for the fastest Kentucky Derby at uh, 159.4 70 years ago. The point of this article is Five-legged. that... Five-legged. Did no, you know that about the, Secretariat? The horses haven't really gotten any faster in that amount of time. They, they, it all ranges within a couple of seconds mm. of the same amount of time for the past 70 years. While, meanwhile, you know, the four-minute mile was impossible for most of human history. Then somebody broke it. Now, you know, high school kids do that. 
So it just, it's amazing. just amazing that, yeah. that humans have gotten so much faster. And why is that? Um, there are a number of explanations, but not enough to, to, to make up for everything. Um, because horses have better diet and training, just like humans have, mm-hmm. but haven't gotten that much faster. There is some concern that there has been a bit of a evolutionary bottleneck because they've got so secretariat was the um the foal of a champion stallion secretary secretariat sired 663 foals his great 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 grandson But did he raise them? <laughs> his great 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 grandson was American Four American Pharaoh. Ah yes. Winner of the 2012 Kentucky Derby. I remember well. But despite all the careful breeding, none of those horses has turned out to be faster than Secretariat. Humans who have improved significantly in, since 1973, running shoes are better, tracks are better, uh, horseshoes are the same as they've always been. Running shoes have changed a lot. Maybe hmm. that's part of it. There's also the question of desire. Humans care about records and want to break them. Horses don't care. Yeah, <laughs> most horses that I've encountered in my life really lack historical context. <laughs> horses like Honey Badger don't care. Yeah, it's almost like they have no interest at it whatsoever. No horses on the track before the race thinking, if I win this race, it's going to change my life forever. Right. Me and my entire family. All those other horses who didn't believe in me, today's the day I show them. Uh, the most convincing explanation, though, is biological. From the Journal of Experimental Biology, there's a physical limit to just how fast any animal, humans included, can run. Mm-hmm. Horses and dogs reached it a long time ago through evolution. I could believe that. Yeah, me too. They reached the as fast as that particular shape can go, mm-hmm. whereas humans did not. Right. We weren't trying to be faster. Right. Necessarily. Running flat out as fast as you can, I think, has mostly been for sport in humankind. With a few exceptions. I mean, there's a bear after you. but um, Which, again, is the only circumstances under which I will run. A bear chases me, I think, you know what? I had a good run. And I just right. lay down. Lay there and take one swing. I'm going to hit you <laughs> at least once. Boom! Um, on the other hand, horses, as big, giant, meaty herbivores, have been running for their lives for, you know, at least thousands of years. I actually did a uh, well-received report on prehistoric horses as a fifth grader. I can tell you about the Eohippus if you'd like to hear about it. And dogs have been trying to catch meat so they don't die. So they run as fast as they can. 95% of thoroughbreds since the 1700s are descended from one single Arabian horse. Oh, wow. That's how wow. thin the genetic tube is in terms of evolution for racehorses. It's a thin tube. So, there you go. Final thoughts with Angie. Yes! I just liked that tune. <laughs> wow. But I liked I liked the, uh, what do you call that if you can't get an erection? The flaccid music yes. of the 70s. Yes. I liked it. But I like Green Ham. Here's your host, Joe Getty. <laughs> All right, let's get a final thought from everybody. Uh, Marshall Phillips, what's your final thought? Well, I'm almost cleared to resume push-up training after suffering side effects from my Armstrong and Getty Show sports-related injury. Ultrasound Friday should clear me. Get back together with trainer positive Sean and be back to work on my 10 push-ups in a row 2017 New Year's resolution. We're currently stalled at what, two? No, Five, at least like four and a quarter. Oh, oh yeah. please. No. I Round was it here. Up. Round it up. Five. I was watching. Yeah. Michelangelo, your final thought? Hey, guys. 
Get yourself a good shave, some fun but unoffensive shoes, a clean collared shirt, and meet real women. Leave the robots alone. There you go, Michael. <laughs> good advice. <laughs> clean <laughs> shave. <laughs> Positive, Sean, your final thoughts. Yeah, two NBA games tonight in the playoffs. Possible closeout games for both of them. Cleveland looking to close out the Raptors. They're up 3 nothing, And the Celtics looking to take out the 76ers, who I thought were going to make it to the finals, but Brad Stevens is a genius sorcerer of a coach, and he's, he's doing amazing stuff. It's pronounced Celtics. It's a culture, not a costume, Sean. Jack, a final thought? God, so Cleveland might sweep the number one seed. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm very excited. Going to get the elliptical into the house, I think, tonight and start exercising again for the first time in many years. What happens first, that or Marshall's 10 push-ups? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'll see you. We'll just yeah. have a running wager, I guess. My final thought is a question for the good folks of the listening audience. Is there any significance to the Stormy Daniels thing? Will there be any significance? Is there any significance to you? Or is it just gossip? Because the cable news is all about it for days and days and days. Email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. That's mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. I would like to hear that. What do you think the significance is? Or even play out the worst-case scenario. The worst-case scenario doesn't seem that bad to me. Are you paying attention? Got all sorts of good links to the website as well. See you tomorrow. God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over! The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. And we apologize for our stupidity. And we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. Because the show's over. What? Bye-bye. Unfortunately, it's only making the vagrants smarter. Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.